Blog Talk Radio. Bang, bang. Pow, pow. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcoming you back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about my revenge tour pick, a real car crash of a movie, quite literally, Doom Asylum from 1987, directed by Richard Freeman. You might remember last week's movie took place in 1987. This movie actually is a 1987 horror film. Well, loosely horror film. We'll get to that much later on in the show, but of course, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Gate Keith. Can doing, I Mom? call you Mommy, please? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking Terror. Thanks for coming on, Mom. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love coming on, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Hop on pop, come on mom. We all do fun things here talking mm-hmm. there. And of course we're also joined by the psychotic Simeon himself, the Prince Memoir's Day. Yes, get funky with the monkey. Yes, welcome to Talking Terror, folks. Your home of horror news and horror movie reviews. Now sit back and relax and just let us come in your ears and on your moms for the next two hours while you're listening to the tantalizing tales of Talking Terror. Don't forget to hit that like button and make sure you follow your favorite horror radio program on both Facebook and Instagram, baby. What is up, my embrace fright family? Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hello. <laughs> Everybody's getting cold. Well, I don't tonight. think I like you very much. You just well, got to put I on do. the fucking Harley Quinn voice. Well, <laughs> if you're going to do the Patty Mullen impression, you got to put on the Harley Quinn fucking, you know, accent. Well, I don't think I like you very much, Mom. Oh, man, is this movie Jersey. <laughs> it's the Weeds Garden huh? State. Which you is think? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit, a little bit of Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> We get some oh, fucking pizza and bagels over here. That's what we need to do. <laughs> I am fucking sitting over here, and I'm just gonna fucking you know eat my pizza, eat my slice, and just fucking watch it do my asylum. Yeah, I'm pork fucking roll, watching. Pork roll. Can't forget the pork roll. Can't forget the pork roll. Pork roll. Oh, you gotta get that fucking, fucking damn right. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Gonna be, I'm gonna be in New Jersey towards the end of next month, and I cannot fucking wait to eat a piece of fucking pizza. Um, no, it's so good. Then. I can't even, I can't even <laughs> begin to express how excited I am to eat a piece of pizza and to get a breakfast sandwich from a corner fucking deli somewhere. You have no idea the difference between these items here. Uh, here so. they have bread. They have bread with some toppings uh, that they call pizza. <laughs> It's uh, there's just there's just no fucking comparison. It's you know, it's it's just like it's like the first thing I do when we get to New Jersey in December is pick up a fucking pizza on the way to wherever we're fucking going. Uh, I cannot wait. And then as far as like 
a breakfast sandwich here. They places here they fucking put their eggs in the fucking microwave to cook them. Uh, to put on a <laughs> breakfast sandwich. It's a, it's a travesty oh, of no. justice. It's a travesty. It's a travesty here. of justice. Mm. Um, the it's, first time that ugh. happened, there's a there was a deli right up the street from my house uh, in the town that I live in, and like you know, all around town, people are like, "Oh, you got to go to Perry's Deli. You got to go to Perry's Deli. It's the best, the best, best sandwiches." You, you know, so we go up there and they have their board of breakfast sandwiches. Uh, I don't know what I get, ham, egg, and cheese, something like that. And I watched them break the egg into like this little plastic dish, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And then they put it in a fucking microwave. And, like, the guy's just standing around. And it comes out of the microwave, and then he gets the piece of cheese, and he puts it on top of the microwave egg, and then sticks it back in the egg in the microwave again together. And, you know, this is, this, I'm not making this up. This is a true story. And they, 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 they take it out. They put it on, on the bread. They wrap it up. And I'm not even kidding. We, like, went outside, and I threw it right into the fucking garbage can on the fucking street. Like, I didn't even want to fucking eat it. I was so disappointed watching that process. I mean, if I didn't see it happen, like, I, I would have eaten it. But, like, I went home and made my own fucking eggs. Like, I... I, I it, 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 it. <laughs> Just do it at home. But, it's the easiest I mean, but... Uh, I mean, Dean, you know, you're in California, though, man. West Coast, you know, they're, like, you know, not too far from San Francisco, right? So you ought to be able to find some decent pie, right? Look, without without traffic, like, I can be in San Francisco in 25 minutes. Uh, No, dude, like, it's not – look, is there some pizza around that you can have? And you're like, all right, like, this is acceptable, surely. But it doesn't – there's no comparison. There is no compare (laughs) to, um, you know, like a classic, like, tri-state area, uh, you know, New York, New Jersey-style pizza. There's just – it's just no comparison. Here's something you got to take in mind. I don't believe the monkey has ever lived in the tri-state area, so he's not. Yeah. No, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, okay, but, okay, but you got to remember my, the diva. <laughs> my wife is from Jersey. Our family's from Jersey. You know, that doesn't so, mean anything. You know, monkey. That doesn't mean so anything. You're an outsider. So, You're an outsider, I, boy. I, don't you forget I, that. I, 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 but I've definitely had just because you know, you're inside, just you're pork, inside pork, huh? don't mean you're inside here. <laughs> and I've definitely had Jersey pie, you know. So it's just so, and yes, it's like yes, you we know, know when we go, we get that. Ah, no pizza. <laughs> but, and like when we go up, like you know, to visit family around Christmas time, it's like we stop get get a pie on the way, you know, get it, and then like you know, she sits there and gets that big ass couple slices of pepperoni, takes a couple bites, and she, like I will shit you not, you know, like a fucking Indian on the side of the highway, you know, a, a single tear will like roll down her cheek, going, "I'm home, I'm home, oh my god." <laughs> Because she's from Jersey. She gets it. Like, what the fuck's your exit, monkey? What the fuck's your exit? Oh, that's right. You don't have one because you weren't born you in Jersey. An exit. That's right. Oh, shit. He don't. Oh, he, he's only a transplant. Oh, fucking this guy over here. No fucking exit on the turnpike. Don't even know where a fucking peso is, huh? <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Brothers Pizza on Route 18 in the shopping center where Movie City 5 used to be. I fucking that's a good fucking, fucking place. Dream. Yeah. I fucking dream of it, man. Oh my fucking god! And there's a place by yeah. my parents' house in Monroe 
uh, not far from where like the Monroe Library is. That's really fucking good. Um, I just I can't I can't fucking wait. Like I'm not I'm not even kidding. Like I I have stopped having. Uh, I made like my own. I cooked a pizza here, you know, the other day, but it was like a specialty kind of pizza, not a not a red sauce mozzarella type pizza, and like. I just, I just can't wait. Truly, like I, I think about it like several times a week, and it's like it's how many weeks away now until I get to get some of that. Um, it's, it's that, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's that important. Yeah, it, it's, it truly is. I mean, I'm, I, I need to make a trip back because when I first got the Black Dahlia, one of the first things I did was get a fucking pizza pie and eat that shit on my fucking car like I was an asshole. Didn't sit in the car, <laughs> sat it on the fucking hood, and I just fucking sat there eating fucking pie. Didn't give a shit. I was in a quick fucking check parking lot eating a goddamn pizza pie. I don't give a fuck who judges me right now. Like, you don't even know. Because <laughs> like, these plates about to change over to fucking Pennsylvania plates. The fuck are you looking at over there? Get back in your car, old man. Get your fucking lotto tickets and get out of here. <laughs> goddamn Jersey just comes out of you. Oh, I went, yeah, I got to go back myself. Got to go to fucking All-American Deli and get myself a belly buster again. I fucking miss those things. Yeah, that, those things that were the, as a. I don't even know if I if I could eat or would want to eat one of those things. Uh, but I have to say, um, as a as a seventeen year old stoner, uh, that sandwich <laughs> was the fucking that sandwich was the fucking truth, man. That sandwich was the truth. It was the goddamn greatest. It just it really was. When you were high or drunk, I did it on both. Just so good that fucking cheese. Like, Monkey, you saw Birds of Prey. Just imagine that with Harley Quinn when she's getting her breakfast sandwich. That's exactly how it was. She was fucking just like, just a fucking guy with fucking arm hair out the ass, and he's fucking putting those eggs on that fucking grill and slapping that cheese on there, and you didn't give a shit. You didn't fucking taste it in the air. How did he have arm hair in his ass? Wouldn't that be ass hair? He's coming out of his ass on his arms. Fucking, he's probably Armenian. Who no fucking knows, man? He knew how to make a goddamn good sandwich. I don't even remember who he was at the time. I think he worked in a pizzeria, too. I think he was doing double dutch, but who knows? I don't know. Didn't care. I was either drunk or high after the time. Before school, after school. Memories. But uh, before we get into horror news with the uh, with the dean, uh, ghoul or monkey, do you have anything you want to bring up before we get it over to horror news? Yes. Uh, oh, by the way, good evening, quick, I got a little thing. <laughs> yes, welcome to the show, Dean. <laughs> we love you. So, so, so the panties of Dean. That's right. <laughs> if I, I got very that. excited, I got very excited when I saw that the King put up an article on the Talking Terror Facebook page about a little-known title from Marvel coming to the big screen called Alien Legion. All right, this is going to be done by uh, Deadpool director Tim Miller. And this is just a long-forgotten title from back in the day in the 80s, um, pretty much about the Foreign Legion in space. If you want to, pretty much take Starship Troopers, but instead of everyone being human, it's different um, species of aliens all coming together to form your squadrons and all that kind of stuff. And you go, and they go out on missions, and they're just thrown into the shit. It was a really fun title back in the day. I had a lot of fun with it. it um, created by Carl Potts and Frank Sirocco, and then one of the artists later was 
Fabian Nessacia, who would go on to become a big part of um, X-Factor. Uh, back when the ghoul and I were reading X-Men books heavy. Um, but yeah, it's just a really, really fun book. And I'm really excited to see this actually getting turned into a project because the CGI is good enough now to where you could actually really pull this off really, really well and just make it a nice hard R, you know, shit getting blown up all over the place. <laughs> kind of book, T- tons of fucking fun. So yeah, uh, King, I was so excited when I saw you post that up there that Alien Legion is beco- becoming a thing. Hey, I love to serve when it comes to the Facebook page. I fucking <laughs> post, and I hope you guys like it. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Deadpool, that's the only uh, movie coming out next year from uh, Marvel is Deadpool three. Every other movie got really? pushed back to 2025 or later. So, yep, we're only going to be getting Deadpool 3 and uh, Dogpool. Apparently, he's going to make an appearance. So I'm, I'm very excited. Let's see if the Deadpool core get in there. But, yeah, Deadpool 3 <laughs> is the only one that we're going to yeah, see in 2024. We've got some Disney Plus shows coming, though, too. And, you know, there's a uh, it, – That's true. Yeah, but the, the – I, I know as much as they're going to say it was the writer's strike and the acting strike and all that, and I know those definitely had an effect on everything. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, we only said that like a thousand times while this whole thing was going <laughs> on. Um, but, you know, I think also it's, it's Marvel – kind of taking a little bit of a step back and saying, hey, you know what, we've really put out a lot of product and we kind of have to we have to Unsaturate. take a step back because it's just there's, there's way too much out there and people are really starting to get you know, the fatigue is setting in I think, and I think, you know, this this past yeah. week we saw that with uh, with the Marvels, you know, now don't, don't get me wrong I know Captain Marvel did a lot of money but, you know, I think that's one of those films that, you know, was kind of like, it was like a big thing when it happened. Oh, this big female-led, you know, movie, and it's women's empowerment and all this and that. And everybody all ran out to the theater to go see it, and it made a lot of money. Um, I've always been lukewarm on that film. I always felt like the character was never really served right. I feel like, you know, we really, by the end of the film, she seems like she's exactly the same as she was at the beginning of the film, and you don't understand her power anymore. So it's like, okay, what the fuck did I actually watch this for? Uh, I saw the Marvels over the weekend. Yeah, well, I saw it on Thursday when when it released, uh, you know, being the, the fucking comic book nerd that I am. And I'll, I, I'll be honest, you know, a lot of the things, like, you know, the, the the fact that it didn't make a lot of money doesn't surprise me. A lot of the criticisms that are out there about this movie are, are very much real. Uh, the villain is really kind of lame. Um, you know, the girls the, the girls are fantastic. They really are. They're, they're fun. They, they were the best part of the film. Unfortunately, it's a very short movie, and it, it, it's in the plot and you feel it and it goes quick, which, you know, maybe some people like, but I don't know. I think at this point we, we do deserve more. We do deserve better. And uh, I know that uh, Marvel just trademarked, I think it was, uh, they put in the trademark for Eternity Wars, which was a major storyline that connects a lot of these uh these things that are going on with these incursions. I think this is what's going to connect into the Celestials and lead to, like, the next major, major, major big storyline along with, like, Secret Wars and all of that stuff. So uh, it should include the Fantastic Four coming through, which, you know, I don't know. I saw saw that one thing you 
you tag me in, King, but I don't know if that's true or not. I, if, if it's true that Pedro Pascal oh, is going to yeah. be playing Mr. <laughs> Fantastic, um, yikes. I don't know how I feel about that. That's all I heard. Yeah. It's... Yeah. <laughs> not happy. Yeah. No. Yes. I mean, it, it's slightly better than John Krasinski, but not by much. Yeah, no, it was good on John Krasinski too. Uh, I would take I would take <laughs> Yoni Grafard or however the hell you say his name. Like I, I will take him back. You know, and, and I, I'm yeah, not knocking Pedro. I like Pedro. I just think you know, there's there's certain actors that are getting used in roles these days that there's just too many fucking folks for Pedro. Exposed. Always vote for Pedro. <laughs> no, I just I don't. I just yeah, I love Pedro Pascal too. I just don't see him as Reed Richards. Like just does it. Like Ian Gruffle, if he can't be that old, if I can get him back, just be like, you know what, you and the perfect Reed Richards. So <laughs> no, Ian Gruffle, yeah, he was just a great Reed Richards, but you know, just fucking put him back. You know, I wouldn't mind, but pretend like those movies now, just didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you don't even need to do that though. Remember, we're pulling and culling from all these different universes. We could easily yep. mm-hmm. have him come back as Reed. It doesn't mean that any of the other actors from that Fantastic Four have to be the same people. We can recast yep. everybody and pick and choose who we don't want to recast. You know, and I, I'm sure, I know he had some TV series, you know, that that was around for a number of years. But, you know, I'm sure the guy wouldn't mind having, you know, to, to reprise that role as Reed. He was great as it. He had a great look for it. He played the character well. And it would be nice to see it with some real good CGI as opposed to what we were getting in those early 2000s for that, that character, which was, was pretty fucking bad. That whole dance scene, man. That and then Spider-Man 3. Yeah, yeah Marvel, Marvel loves those <laughs> fucking dance, those dance scenes. You, you talking about I... the Human Torch in the bar? Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about Mr. Fantastic in Rise of the Silver Surfer during his, uh, oh, the wedding his bachelor party. Oh, oh, okay. Crap, yeah. crap, right, crap. Yeah. Totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for reminding my memory. <laughs> it's still it's just it's still not as bad as fucking Tobey Maguire in Spider Man three. Nothing can be as bad as that. Like I will forgive Ian Gruffold in that movie. No. Nothing could fucking be all oh, that jazz. Shut the fuck up. God damn it. <laughs> I was like I was like visibly angry in the theater. I saw it on my birthday when it came out and I was like, This is gonna be great. We're gonna get Venom, we're gonna get fucking Sandman and I'm like Oh, why is he dancing? Why is he jazzy? Why is his hair like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, this isn't good. This is just terrible. But why the fuck is the guy from that 70s show, Eddie Brock? What is going on, Sam Raimi? <laughs> why is this casting? Oh, no, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> Still to this day, I'll never forget the Frosted Tips fucking token, uh, whatever his name is, Topher Grace. Yeah, not mm-hmm. my Eddie Brock. Thank you, Tom Hardy, for coming in and saving the fucking world. I think that's a perfect segue into that uh, that other thing that you would uh, that shared. Yeah. The, uh, uh, what was it? I, I forget, I, Mistress Webb? I, I, I've already forgot the name of it. Madam, Madam yeah, Webb. That's, uh, yeah, Monkey Webb. Madam yeah, what, Webb. You wanted us to watch that. Yeah. The Madam Webb. <laughs> so, that's uh, set in the Sony Spider Universe, the SSU. Sony Spider-Man universe, so yeah, well, um, as, as yeah. all Spider-Man projects, yeah, it's, it's, it's a Sony, Sony-led film. Uh, Marvel's obviously attached because you know they do own them, but still, it's it's a Sony film, not an MCU film, which conceivably means this could be taking place in the Venomverse. Uh, 
you know, so which is probably smart, you know, being that we still don't have a Spider-Man in the Venomverse. So maybe maybe this is their way of getting around and into that. Uh, but, but yeah, isn't like the Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse? No. No, because there's oh. – so, so the Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse cartoons is in his own universe, which is the animated universe. Then you have the Venom films, which are their own thing in which there is no Spider-Man in that world, or at least no Spider-Man that we've seen or met. And judging from character reaction from the little bit that he got blipped over and into that world – he didn't know who Spider-Man was. So, like, you could assume that there was no no Spider-Man in the New York that he left. You know, because he's out in, like, your area now. He's, like, a San Francisco-based anti-hero. Uh, so there's been talks as to who they want to bring in to maybe be the Spider-Man in that universe, which they could go with, like, uh, they could go Tobey Maguire, I guess, if they wanted, but I don't think they will. They might go Andrew Garfield, have him come in from his universe, or we could do what they're doing with Madam Web, which now we're going to introduce these three females that are not yet fighter people, but are destined to be so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll see. I, mean, I, I, mean, not I, I don't mind the casting. No, I'm, I'm fine. You know, it's cool seeing that they're going to have all the iterations of spider Woman. In the movie, at least I, I noticed that it looked like there's going to be the three, you know, uh, Julia Carpenter, uh, was it uh, Amanya Corazon and uh, Maddie Franklin. So it looks like they're going to have oh, all three of them, including Cassandra West. So, yeah, I know. I don't know why I remember their names so much, but I do because I like Spider-Woman. <laughs> kind of kind of fun, you know. It's not, and who knows? He might not even exist in this scene. He might not be born yet. Who knows when this movie takes place? Peter Parker might not even be fucking alive yet. And or just miles. like everything else, you know, that, that boop, boop money train backs up, and then the MCU is like, hey, you know, let's uh, let, let's work out a deal. Uh, and there we go. But, but yeah, again, like, you know, Sydney Sweeney, you know, we, we've seen her fun bags on uh, Euphoria. Um, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> fantastic and all natural. And you know what? Isabella Merced, like, you know, She's just she's that like that cute little Latina type that I like, man. She's just got that hottie. She's the kill. She played Dora the Explorer, and uh, yeah, you know. Oh, that been was all her? about Diego. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and then huh. also in the trailer, I'm just digging this kind of anti-Spider-Man thing that I'm seeing here. I'm I'm, I'm liking it. So yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Are you talking about it, the, uh, the villain Ezekiel Sims? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of anti-Spider-Man, I guess. I mean, he has a whole storyline in the comics about how he became, well, the, you know, a Spider-Man. Like a Spider-Man hunter or whatever? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's how he... What? He got bit similar to Peter Parker. So. Okay. So, so fa- interestingly enough, the vibes I was getting from this were very similar to our 2099. Uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man that we met in the Spider-Verse film, um, you know, which it seems like this guy is trying to to eliminate variations of Spider-People. Again, something that we are seeing in the Spider-Verse series as well. So maybe Sony does have a bigger 
plan in mind to maybe really marry this animated universe into some live action stuff. Um, but again, we we will see. Yeah, I'm, I'm wouldn't mind. I'm, I'm looking for. I'm actually looking forward to, to Madam Web. And plus, Dakota Johnson. Come on, hell yeah, I'm there. Love that actress. No, no, no. <laughs> least, least interesting yeah, but, of the uh, of the actresses in that for me. Yeah, she's not least interesting to look at. I tell you that much. I'm not looking for acting prowess. I'm just, yeah, oh no, no. I well. mean, I mean, looks wise, she's the least interesting for me. You know what I mean? It's, oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, she, she's a young good. woman that good. looks like an old lady, and that's why you like her. That's true. That's exactly why I like her. Really. <laughs> Nail the landing. Yeah, no. I just I, I saw Fifty Shades of Grey once, and I was like, okay. Dakota Johnson, uh, hello to your dad, John Johnson. You got my heartbeat going. But, yeah, so let's see what, what else is going. Call me yeah. daddy. That's it. Yeah, call <laughs> me mom. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so one thing I did do this weekend, yeah. you know, for, for mm-hmm. my, my last little bits and pieces, was I did return to Bollywood. <laughs> For, uh, for a movie, you know, I was uh, I, I was looking for something to, to to see, and I went and saw what is the third film in a series, uh, which is the the Tiger films. Uh, I had not I had no idea that there was this bigger overarching storyline going on between this. They have their own little universe, like their own little MCU. It's like a spy film universe. Uh, and, and I have to say, again, similar to RRR, and like I, I said it to the to the dean, this is definitely something worth checking out. This movie, like from start to finish, was like balls to the wall, fucking like Arnold and and Stallone, but like the super high impact, high action stuff going on the entire time that you, you almost have to like. If you don't turn your brain off and laugh about it, then you're just having a miserable time. But high recommend. I did check. I checked out the other films in the series, and they actually they play out very much like uh, the first one. Doesn't even hide the fact that it's like a Bond movie. Like he literally walks out of his house at one point with a 007 shirt on. Um, but they play much differently <laughs> than, 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 the, than the third film. Oh, what are we? Where's fucking 007 now? See, now I want to watch it. <laughs> now you got me. Well, there's our secret agent, but all right. So, all right. So, Dean, uh, you have the four for horror news. What are we talking about tonight? Oh, there are just so many, so many things uh, to talk about. And uh, one of the things I just want to make a note of really quickly before we uh, really dive into the the, the content is uh, the creator of one of the absolute Tyler? most iconic images in <laughs> any realm of entertainment all throughout history, uh, the creator, the artist who came up with this uh, drawing has passed away. And I'm talking about an artist named Roger Castell, who is the artist who designed the legendary artwork uh, and movie poster from Jaws of the shark uh, pointing upwards towards the girl on the raft. Uh, he was the author, the artist that created it. Uh, again, a, an image that is globally recognized in every corner of the world. Um, and he has passed, that you instantly know what it means. And uh, that artist has passed away. So I just wanted to mention that because what a, what a, oh. what a, 
what a creation for Brittany Devoe. man. Absolutely. Yeah, rest in peace. That, yeah, nothing better than that artwork. Very cool, Dean. All right. I mean, not cool, he's dead, but it's sad, but very cool artwork. But, yeah, it's really cool. Right. So, well, <laughs> how old was he? The girl is, is young? not indeed, indeed, though, Dean, I, I do have to point out as you know, you know, we, you know, we're we're all huge Sharks fans here. The girl is indeed not on a raft; she's swimming. Sorry, swimming. I, is I she? Apologize. I was. Yeah, she's swimming. She is. Um, she is but, swimming. Yes, uh, and he was. He was old. He was. He was ninety. Ninety-two years old. Ninety-two years old. Oh, well, long life. So yeah, a, 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 long a, a life. nice long life. Uh, he did posters yeah. for many, many movies, but this, the 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 crown jewel. Uh, of his creation. Again, one of the most iconic images in all of entertainment. So I just wanted to throw that I'm out there. Uh, you know, uh, I know, I know that it is of course, one of my most favorite movies. I know we all kind of feel the same about it. Uh, the ghoul and I over the years, uh, both on the show and on the show have, have, have talked about it and analyzed it, uh, endlessly, uh, in many conversations that I'm sure will continue to happen in years to come. So I just felt important uh, that it was important for me to, to reference that. So thank you uh, for your patience as, as I brought that up. But moving on, uh, Carl Urban, uh, who, of course, uh, is Butcher in The Boys, uh, mm-hmm. has uh, will also Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. And, uh, you know, the, the production of Mortal Kombat 2 had shut down in early June uh, because of uh, the, the 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 strikes uh, going on, and the the word around was that uh, this was not going to be going back into production with the strikes over uh, until sometime in early 2025. Well, uh, Butcher uh, posting pictures and sharing on social media has said that that actually is incorrect and. Mortal Kombat 2 is currently filming. They have resumed filming already uh, for the Mortal Kombat 2 uh, movie that's filming uh, right now. Awesome. I know some of you like that kind of thing. (laughs) I like Carl Urban. I mean, who doesn't love fucking Billy Butcher? Everybody does. Carl Urban? (laughs) Is that going to be Johnny Cage, though? Yeah, 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 I'm is it an animated thing or live action? Live yeah, it's action. Live, live action. action. It's a sequel, right? Should have been the Mortal Miz. Kombat live action movie, like yep. a couple years ago, right? Yeah, well, that was Johnny Golden Arms. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Carl Urban is Johnny Cage. It just doesn't it doesn't gel right. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I, I agree. The guy that 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 did it in the first uh, the the original original Mortal Kombat. Um, what made it so great when he dies, pretty much like unceremoniously. <laughs> <laughs> and annihilation got, got his ass ripped in half. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but no, no, definitely Carl Urban. I could see Carl Urban playing Kano before I could see him playing yep. you know, Kano? Yep. That, that role. <laughs> Kano. <laughs> Dude no. with big yeah, metal I mean, and laser eye. What do you know? <laughs> Yeah, I could, I could see that, I guess. Yeah, Lyndon Ashby, that's right. Lyndon Ashby was Johnny Cage in yeah, 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. And he was in Wild Things 2 and a whole bunch of other things. But yeah. yeah, it was so great seeing that movie open with him dying. And then, you know, Bridget Wilson being like, no. Yeah. Sonya, boy. No. 
<laughs> and then the rest of the, then, then the, rest of the movie silk, just sucks. Was he in Silk Stockings? No, right? I'm thinking that wrong. I, he could have been. Carl Urban. Lyndon Ashby. Yeah. Lyndon. I'm going to say he was. Lyndon Ashby. Was he in Silk Stockings? No. No, I don't yeah, think, I'm I not think saying it's a different actor that I'm thinking about for that. Uh, yeah, no. there was an actor in the Silk Stockings TV series named, uh, well, if this is the, the I gotta just do, do a quick check here if this is the actor's name or the character's name. So uh, thank you for your patience as we really need to. <laughs> there was a character named Harry Lipschitz. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, mis- I'm mistaking him for Rob Estes. Who played Chris Lorenzo in the in the show? They look no, similar. no, it's no. You know who it is? Chris Potter, Detective Chris uh, Potter, Detective Sergeant Tom Ryan. He looks exactly <laughs> like fucking Lyndon Ashby. You can swap these <laughs> two guys, and they're the same person. That is nuts. Oh. It's generic white guy. <laughs> wow. that is what this is. They, generic white. They white literally cop. look like the same person. <laughs> like, yeah, they were made in the lab to play L.A. cops. Like that's exactly what they look like. <laughs> 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 hey, gen- hey, Central gen- casting. Gen- gen- generic white agent. <laughs> yeah, they look like the two guys from Adam 12. They both look like fucking twins. They were just L.A. cops. Like they were just fucking put together. <laughs> that's insane. Oh, man. Silk stockings right after Monday Night Raw. Monday nights, 11 o'clock. Always open with a hot sex scene. I had to watch it before I went to bed. <laughs> My TV's not on, Mom. I see TV <laughs> in the door. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm dead. I have to watch the opening of Silk Stockings. It's a sexy murder. What's <laughs> <laughs> going oh, on, Mom? I swear. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just becoming a man in here, Ma. <laughs> yes. There was a whole lot of that. I, I became a man watching that show. But, <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on from that, what else are we talking about, Dean? Nev Campbell, Sydney Prescott herself. Uh, we know there was so much controversy surrounding whether or not she was going to be participating uh, in this uh, sixth Scream film that came earlier this year. Uh, some thinking that, oh, this is all just to set up the fact that she'll be appearing uh, surprise, surprise, which didn't turn out to be the case. And it was a legitimate uh, issue having to do with the pay that she was offered. But uh, she was appearing uh, last weekend at the Monster Mania convention uh, where she was speaking. And uh, she said uh, that she was very pleased and that they did a really good job. Uh, she said that the cast was a, a powerful group of young actors and that she doesn't sit around because she wasn't able to. She chose not to participate going, oh, I really hope it doesn't do well. I hope it doesn't do well. She wants it to do well. And she said that, uh, you know, she was pleased and that truly uh, she actually did not get around to actually watching it until about two weeks ago. Uh, But she said that she is pleased uh, with what she has seen. Uh, You know, we know that the next Scream 7 is going to be going in production soon. There's been no talk whatsoever about any kind of casting yet and whether or not she might be returning to the franchise that made her famous. Uh, But, you know, just like... With part five and just like with part six, when the time comes, I'm sure we'll be talking about it plenty. 
Oh, I'm sure. You know, no. I mean, none of them can die. We've already seen that. They're, they're like... It's like a running quest for content, King. No, yeah, I know. It's just that, you know, they can never die. So, like, Courtney Cox is a great example. You know, Dewey can die. He's expendable. Let's fucking save uh, Gail Weathers. You know, the fan favorite of the series. Dewey's never yeah. to die. <laughs> Thanks, Scream 6. <laughs> Can't wait for 7. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. They'll let us have Matthew Lillard show back up. I mean... I'll watch him in anything. So let him show back up as fucking Stu Bockers. Like, I didn't die, sit. <laughs> Just because uh, you dropped the TV talk, on me. En- endless talk before and uh, leading up to part five. Endless talk uh, leading up to part six, uh, whether or not Matthew Lillard uh, would be returning. Uh, I'm sure that when it gets to the production of the next Scream film and we're talking about all of these things, that once again, there will be all of the chatter all over the interwebs about whether or not Stu Mocker and Matthew Lillard will rise from the guts of television's past to grace our screens once again. Uh, time will tell, uh, but I'm sure all of that chatter will be taking place. It can happen. I mean, they brought back fucking Skeet Ulrich as the fucking force ghost of Billy Loomis, where he both looks young and old at the same time. Anything's fucking possible. <laughs> this series could do anything. Well, come on. He looked both young and old at the same time. Like, this is fucking hilarious that they fucking put him in the fucking same hair that he had back in 96. <laughs> in a fucking t-shirt. Yeah. But he also looks like he has a big gut, and he also looks just way too old. But, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to go with it anyway. <laughs> you know, you want to stab him. You know, thanks, Force Ghost Billy. Stab <laughs> just the sequel. Well, no, they're on stab <laughs> They're on stab 18 in Scream 6. I mean, they have so many fucking stabs. I mean, now he has dual katanas, and he's using a flamethrower, as we saw in Scream 5. So, I mean, anything's possible in the stab movies. But, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about it, I'm sure, in a year when Scream uh, 7 is uh, set to film. But, all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Uh, so, John Carpenter has a video game uh, coming out. Uh, in 2024, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Uh, it will be hitting PC, PS5, Xbox, etc. Uh, but I have learned that John Carpenter's Toxic Commando is going to be having a prequel uh, in the form of a comic book. Uh, teaming up with Dark Horse Comics and Saber Interactive, uh, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando Rise of the Sludge God uh, will be hitting your comic newsstands on March 13th, the first issue, March 13th, 2024. Uh, This uh, is written by Michael Morisi, and uh, this will serve as a prequel to the video game. Uh, The exact release date of the video game uh, I have not yet seen. Hmm. Interesting. Should you be Hmm. checking those newsstands? True believers. The toxic, uh, <laughs> com- I almost said Toxic Crusader. Sorry, it's Toxic Commando. Toxic Commando. So close. It's so close. Oh, yeah, it sounds off. <laughs> it's so sounds close. awfully close. <laughs> <laughs> That's just John Carpenter sitting at home. He's like, well, I can't say Toxic Crusader. Crusader. Commando, though. They, trauma doesn't have that. All right, <laughs> fucking put it up there. Got to smoke another pack of cigarettes real quick. 
Fuck it. I mean, I love John Carpenter. <laughs> not trying to knock the guy. Please don't die, John. Please, please don't love us all. <laughs> um, all right. So what else are we talking about, dude? Uh, before I say what, we're, what else we're talking about, just because uh, the word toxic was involved in this previous item, uh, I want to just express how uh, I, I feel. I, 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 saw, um, I saw a photo the other day related to Toxic Avenger, like the old Toxic Avenger, and it got me thinking. Mm-hmm. And apparently, and we talked about it here on the show a couple of weeks ago, that uh, apparently the, the screening of the new Toxic Avenger film like went over like fucking gangbusters and it's been in oh, the yeah. can for like yep. two fucking years. And like, when <laughs> yeah. the fuck are they going to give us a release date? How come we, we got a trailer? You know, like, why are we, why are, why are they not yep, wanting us to done. see this? All of the strikes yeah. are over. Yeah. It's been, it's been sitting on the shelf. Like what's yep. the deal? I want to see it. Like for some reason, I, I'm like really excited and wanting to see it and they just won't show it to us. And I, I feel frustration. Yeah. I don't know why they're fucking holding out. I mean, they just had that premiere at South by Southwest. And like you said, Dean, the fucking crowd went nuts. They loved it. But they just don't have a distributor yet. And Trauma's just going to have to release it themselves. Lloyd's just going to have to fucking bite that bullet and fucking just release it himself. <laughs> you know, if you want to see the new Toxic Avenger movie, get Trauma now. Nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's sad, but that's probably the only way it's going to be able to be seen. But, yeah, I know. I, I get it, Dean. I'm also frustrated because I love that fucking teaser. You know, and uh, it's, it's sad, you know, but sad. You know, it really is. But, sad. You know, sad, I mean, it sad. was sad. I mean, I said teaser. I almost started talking about the Ghostbusters teaser, but I don't want Monkey to fucking be mad at me again because of the fucking title. Oh, get back in the cage, Monkey, in your fucking winter ice cold empire. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones, you fucking bitch. I'm sorry, Monkey. I'm sorry. I'm just excited for Ghostbusters. <laughs> See, that's how we feel. Ah. I'm, just a, I'm just, I'm a battered what? husband at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my sandwich, bitch? I'm sorry. I just was excited about Ghostbusters movies. I told you about talking about Ghostbusters when I'm home. Never to talk about. Goddamn right. I'm sorry, monkey. Yeah, it's, it's sad. <laughs> All right, moving uh, forward. Um, yeah. What you <laughs> you want to talk? You, I, I know you're all excited about the new Ice Age movie. You know, <laughs> everything's all frozen. We all know how much. Was that Ray movies. Romano stuff? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the king loves the, the Ice Age movie. That, that's why he was all excited about the new Ghostbusters movie. He, he thought it was a new Ice Age movie coming out. <laughs> all I know is that somebody is that Ray Romano. I'd watch that. I'd watch a Ray Romano Ghostbusters movie. And then fucking Brad Garrett. <laughs> okay. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> I, I, I hear music and nobody's talking and I'm awkward now because I don't want to listen to you again. Everybody I'm on my way. And he's going to start talking about Frozen Empire. He's going to yell at me again. I, don't know. I just don't want to have that happen. You've never seen him feel really angry. It's, it's, I, I, I never yelled at you about that one in the first place. I just said it's, yeah, it's something. Yeah, you put me in my fucking corner. <laughs> I'm like, hey, guys, I'm excited about the new Ghostbusters movie. Monkey's like, go fuck yourself with that Game of Thrones bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. 
I'm going to go play with my fucking firehouse playset. Just be sad. Jeez, you made me sound like this evil, evil monster. I just said, what oh, kind I'm... of title is that? That's oh, all you didn't just I say, said. Oh, you weren't like, oh, my God, what kind of title is that? That's a weird title, right, guys? No, you're like, fuck this shit. Fuck Game of Thrones bullshit. Oh, fuck. I was like, God, I'm sorry. I'm just going to go cry in the Ecto-1 yeah. now. Yeah. Well, the monkey fucking tra- smashed the windows. <laughs> I don't think he's <laughs> completely wrong. Like the... Oh, okay. I I must be. Sorry. I... <laughs> I'll, I'll go back right. in the cage. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what happens when uh, you just you find the key to your cage, and then you just kind of let it all out because you're like, "What the fuck is I going to talk about the Ghostbusters Frozen Empire? Never to talk about it again." That's goddamn right. Fucking goddamn summertime <laughs> in the spring bullshit. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, this is look cool. And the bitches, have... and the bitches were all sober now, so we can't say, "Fuck, I was drunk." I'm sorry. I uh, I had no idea what I'm I was saying. Sorry. <laughs> You were so we got to take we got to take full credit for that shit now. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to take credit for it. I was happy. I'm a Ghostbusters fan. I was like, look, they have red winter coats now. Oh my god, Monkey's like, shut the fuck up. It's so wild in the winter. Like, oh, the king's all excited. King's all excited because they repainted the Ghostbusters outfit. To look like something new. They didn't repaint them. They have cool faces <laughs> now. It was cold. He's all like, and people he's all actually died in this Mel- movie. He, he's all excited because Malibu Stacy got a new hat. Fuck yeah, dude! Malibu Stacy's new hat's <laughs> fucking tight. It's fucking cool as shit. I'm sorry that I got excited about winter coats and the fact that people actually die in a Ghostbusters movie. And I was like, dude, people are fucking getting dropped in a Ghostbusters movie. That's fucking cool as hell. You know, they kept, I was like, you know what? It's cool. It's cold. I'm looking forward to the spring. I don't care. Monkey's just going to be fucking ripping on me the entire time. You go enjoy your fucking summertime fucking winter movie, you bitch. Stop it. <laughs> Why are you so mean to me? It's my birthday weekend. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> I'm just waiting for my poor, poorly titled Godzilla movie to come out. <laughs> oh, yeah, Godzilla minus one. We got that screening yeah. starting on Friday, Monkey. What's that? The series on Monarch? Apple Plus is, uh, is starting this Friday. Monarch? Uh, Monarch. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yep, enjoy your butterfly show. Me, man. <laughs> Yep, giant butterfly show. <laughs> yep. All about big butterflies that they call. Maybe Mothra will show up. <laughs> Maybe it'll be called Plus Two. <laughs> Godzilla's minus one, they have plus two. <laughs> I don't know. Plus one, I don't know. I don't know how these fucking Mon- things work in Japan with numbers. <laughs> but I see, dude. I, okay, because mm. you're like, I don't, I don't but get the, Japan. I don't, I, I don't get Japan. Don't get the culture. Don't understand anything. But then you completely understand everything that goes on in an G- Italian giallo movie. You're like, yeah, this makes complete sense. I'm like, no, it doesn't, and that's what makes it fucking great because it doesn't fucking make any sense. In a giallo, you see tits, you see death, and then you fucking get black lips. That's a fucking giallo. There's nothing to understand. It's terrible, and nothing makes yeah, sense. So that, but you're, just yeah. like mm-hmm. just like Japanese stuff, man. Just right, just roll with it, man. Don't even worry about it. Hey, <laughs> there's know, no testicles in my fucking Jawa movies. 
<laughs> That's why I that think could be. <laughs> no way, no. There ought to be. But you're the indicator of everything needs more tentacles. Oh, oh a giallo hentai. No, God, no. Oh, Don't cross the street, all right? <laughs> Get your fucking peanut butter out of my chocolate, all right? It doesn't go. <laughs> does not, no, I don't want to see a giallo oh. hentai. I, would fucking, I would be so mad. That would, like, you want to see me get mad, fucking show me a Joe I will fucking walk out of that room so fast. <laughs> I'll just take a walk to the next fucking town for no reason. I have a car. I'm walking. Because I didn't walk it off. Newest film by Argento brought to you by Toho. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. It's a, it's a, it's a Kaju Jowl film where Godzilla wears black love. Oh, no. God, save us keep, from that. People's eyes keep taken out by windows. <laughs> that's, you need that's, some yeah, really that's, big that's, fucking windows to take out some kaiju eyes. No, I, I don't know. God, that's terrible. <laughs> Dean, what else are we talking about? I need to get this fucking taste out of my mouth. No. Wow, King. It's, it's, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Be okay. Oh, so, God. Uh, Joe Hill. Okay. Uh, oh, they're mm-hmm. not going to be son, okay. <laughs> the son of Stephen King, Joe Hill, uh, has been involved with uh, the Creepshow, Creepshow property for quite some time. Here's a fact that mm-hmm. I learned today that I that I did not know. Uh, and I have talked many times about how important that film is to me and my journey of becoming a horror fan when I was just a kid. But I didn't know that Joe Hill played uh, the kid in the original Creepshow movie in all of the wraparound scenes. I did not know that. Um, he did? I learned that. He did. I just learned mm-hmm. that today. Uh, what I thought that was his brother. Here. Owen. Hmm, weird. No, Joe Hill had said. Um, no, I thought it was Owen. Mm-hmm. The reason that I'm bringing that up, though, is because, uh, you know, several of his stories have been turned into episodes for the uh, Creepshow series. And now one of his stories is also uh, getting the Creepshow treatment. But this uh, one, the Joe Hill's Wolverton Station uh, is going to be released as a Creepshow comic uh, under the Creepshow comic banner. Um, again, the story is called Joe Hill's Wolverton Station. It will hit hmm. these stores uh, March 27th, 2024. No, oh, you mean the, the show? Because it's already a book. No, no, no. His his short story called Wolverton Station is going to be turned yeah. into a Creepshow comic book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was because oh, I thought you said okay. it's going to hit the stores soon. I was like, well, that's already out. Shelves. It's going to hit. It's going to hit the stores. Like it's the shelves, the the, the the store shelves, the comic shelves on March twenty seventh, twenty twenty four. Ah, see, that makes more sense. Yeah, I was, I was, I thought you were talking about the show that's on Shutter. Yeah, no, I was going to say. It, it, that was, yeah, 2014 that fucking thing came out. Very, oh, I'm looking forward to it. Wolverton Station's really good. It's a great short story, so I'm sure the comic adaptations are going to be even better. Uh, what else are we talking about, Dean? We are talking about how, uh, you know, a couple of weeks back, uh, I had mentioned that once the strikes were over, uh, Netflix, their... Um, their top two priorities were going to be getting uh, Wednesday season two and Stranger Things season five cranking. Uh, that that was going to be the top 
priorities. Uh, hmm. And uh, what I'm here to say is that the production for the second season of Wednesday uh, is going to be moving uh, from Romania uh, to film its second season in Ireland. Uh, apparently in Romania still, the sets from season one have become a major tourist attraction, uh, but they say that there are uh, many uh, logistical challenges uh, when trying to work in Romania. So they are moving to Ireland to film season two and expected to start filming uh, sometime in late April of 2024. And on uh, the related note, uh, for Stranger Things season five, the final season, uh, the word is that it should be going into production at any day right now. So um, sounds like they're ready to go. Uh, apparently, uh, some table reads have already taken place amongst the cast, and uh, actor David Harbour, uh, he says that, says, uh, and I quote, he says that season five has uh, a very real ending. So what that means, we do not yet know. Uh, we won't have the opportunity to know for some time, uh, but that is what is going on in the world of the top two priorities for Netflix. They were dead the entire time and they're stuck in purgatory. Now it's lost. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot about that one. Yeah, no. Hey, it's going to have a beginning and a middle and an end. Like the ghoul always says. A beginning and a middle and an end. We know that for sure. Excited. Hopefully they can get home to all their families that they've cultivated at this point. But, all right. Yes. What else are we talking about? Uh, you know, here and there, um, you know, there uh, are times when I'll bring up just, uh, you know, certain releases that are happening in the world of, uh, you know, the UHD 4K transfers and, you know, a whole bunch of previous uh, James Cameron uh films are going to be uh, receiving uh, this treatment, uh, including, including of course, uh, True Lies, and then uh, just coming up short, uh, just coming up shortly uh, in December, uh, we'll see the release of the UHD 4K version of his film, The Abyss. Now, uh, the reason, I, there's a funny reason that I, that I bring this up, or at least something that I think is funny, because it's also going to be returning to the theaters in December, also The Abyss. And, and um, you know, James Cameron is known for, like, going back and making some, tweet, uh, some tweaks uh, to uh, things previous in his films. For example, when he has done some remastering on Titanic, uh, you know, he has changed, like, the color of the sky. Uh, like, he's always, like, kind of fiddling with, uh, you know, some minor stuff in the background, uh, you know, not to the degree of, like, changes that, that Spielberg has made and, not to, you know, things like George Lucas, not to that degree, uh, but, but he has made some, some changes. And what I am personally curious about, and, and, and I didn't, I didn't, this was not something that was aware to me until recently, but in the abyss, uh, in the scene, when the, there's like a big wave off of the coast, like approaching the beach, and people are starting to panic and run away, uh, if you pay attention 
uh, on the like kind of bottom left of the screen, like on the periphery, some people are running and one of the guys kind of stops and turns to look at the wave and you see somebody sneak up behind him and pull his pants down. Uh, and it like made it into the film. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm wondering if, if if James Cameron is going to eliminate this, if he if he's aware of this, if he's going to eliminate it uh, from 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 the film when it gets its its UHD 4K transfer and its theatrical re-release. Uh, so that's the reason that's I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> that's got to stay. Oh man, I gotta, that's got to stay. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you talking about, Dean? Uh, let's see what we have here. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, she is going to be producing a documentary on Halloween producer Deborah Hill, uh, who in her time in Hollywood, uh, before her untimely passing, had produced over 30 films, including the first three Halloween films, the Fog, Escape from New York, The Dead Zone, um, The Adventures in Babysitting, uh, Big Top Peewee, and more. Um, you know, she passed away, unfortunately, in 2005 uh, from cancer at the young age of 54. And this documentary is going to be called Hollywood Trailblazer, uh, the, Deborah, the Deborah Hill Story. So um, that's a project that... Jamie Lee Curtis is currently working on, uh, you know, to honor uh, Deborah Hill, who of course was instrumental in in bringing uh, Jamie Lee Curtis into all of our lives uh, for all of this time that she has been there. So uh, I wanted to make a note of that uh, for us as well. Yeah, I put that up on the Talking Terror Facebook page. I'm really looking forward to that documentary. Um, she is a very important person that doesn't get a lot of. Uh, mentions, you know, like you said, about bringing Jamie Lee Curtis into the fold because uh, Carpenter wanted uh, Anne Lockhart, June Lockhart's daughter, to play Laurie Strode. And Deborah Hill is the one that said, why don't we bring in Jamie Lee Curtis? She's Janet Lee's daughter. It's awesome. And then, uh, of course, her work uh, on Halloween <coughs> 3 and The Fog and a lot of John Carpenter things. I mean, she was the one that wrote all the dialogue for the girls in Halloween that made it uh, realistic compared to Rob Zombie, who has never heard a teenage talk in their lives. And, but he wrote it for a Halloween remake where just it was, it was awful. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Deborah Hill. So I really look forward to that. But all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Uh, you know, with, with uh, serendipitous, perfect timing, uh, especially on a night when it's the King's movie, uh, that, was the, that was right on time for, for the King's times tables. Uh, the final story of, of the night. It was a slow, slow week at the news desk here. It was. It was a little. It was a little bit slow. You know, I, I can agree because I know I do the the work on the Talking Terror page, and I do see some of your posts uh, via Instagram. Because some of them hit our Facebook page on uh, Talking Terror Facebook page. Some of them don't, but some of them do. So I know we're, we're always hard at work doing that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's November. Stories get kind of slow this time of year. You know, people are wrapping up. Um, I know I'm excited for the end of the week <clears throat> because on Saturday I'm going to go see Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Uh, I've been looking forward to this movie since 2007 when that fake trailer came out. Now I actually get to see it. <laughs> um, but they have um, 
the teasers now on TV that I kind of wish they would bring back, which is uh, the audience participation, where they're like, oh, Thanksgiving comes out this Friday. Check out the audience's reactions. And you see people in the theaters overly reacting to things. And I just, I, I love those trailers, like, you know, those teasers on TV when you see that, because they're not really reacting like that. But, you know, it's kind of fun to see that, because I've been to plenty of horror movies that nobody's reacting at all. Sometimes they do, sometimes they do. But, uh, so yes, uh, it is my film pick tonight. We're going to be talking about Doom Asylum from 1987. Uh, the Dean inspired this pick, actually, because last week we talked about Totally Killer, where the titular character goes back in time to uh, 1987. <laughs> and now we are actually heading to that year, 1987, um, to talk about Doom Asylum, directed by Richard Friedman, the plot revolves around a horribly disfigured lawyer, wrongfully pronounced dead after a terrible car accident. He's taken to an asylum, of all places, for dissection, only to come back to life and make the asylum his killing grounds ten years later. So, like I said, it was, it was definitely a Dean-inspired pick because 1987 was the focus last week of the show. And I wanted uh, to show what 1987 kind of actually looked like, rather than what uh, the director thought maybe 1987 looked like. And plus, I mean, you know, I, I adore Patty Mullen, uh, you know, Frankenhooker. Come on, it's, it's amazing. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I was looking forward to this because it's fucking, it's only an hour and 17 minutes. It's fucking absurd as fuck. And I just, I have fun talking about Doom Asylum because I think it's, it's good gore. It's a short movie. And, uh, you know, it's just, we're going to have a good time. But anyway, uh, Ghoul, what did you think about Doom Asylum? Uh, you know what? <laughs> this was one of those where... Yeah, you had said last week that this was a revenge pick. So I had braced myself for, you know, the the most horrible of horrible films. Uh, And this movie started, and I was like, oh, it's it's one of these in which, you know, we've got this this, this bad 80s, you know, cover and, and, uh, and, you know, a, a car driving, and it's just one of those where you feel like you watch the beginning of the movie and you just know you're going to see things that are going to repeat, because rather than, like, <laughs> film multiple scenes, they're just going to edit the same scene in again and again. Uh, but it didn't take long for the humor of this film to, to come out, and I think that, you know, this is one of those where it's a trauma film without being a trauma film. That's really what this movie comes down to. So, you know, ultimately what this really is going to be is I enjoyed this movie. I thought, you know, this this was meant to be a revenge film. It didn't work because I I actually liked it. (laughs) It was stupid. It was funny. And at no point did I take it serious or try to take it serious. So I was able to just kind of relax and let go and and be good with it. So so thank you, King. You know, it's it's another good pick for you. (laughs) That's <laughs> all right. I just I love it. It's a revenge pick, but you enjoyed it. But uh, Dean, what did you think about Doom Asylum? Uh, similar to what the ghoul said, at least about the revenge pick situation. I think that if this was a pick to like get revenge on other picks that were made, it kind of missed the mark. Um, I I had not previously heard of this film. Uh, this is my first exposure to it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm glad that it was just around, uh, 80 minutes, a very short, uh, watch. And I don't know if it was a byproduct of them not having more story to tell, but yeah, there was some of like repetition, uh, in, in, in its editing as well as the interspersing cuts from the black and white. But, um, 
you know, this is just like stupid, silly, like eighties, like lower budget, like slasher fun. Um, it was fun to see Kristen Davis and uh, the so cute. Uh, uh, what was the uh, fuck? Was it was it Darnell? Like, what was the name of that dude? Um, yes, Darnell. Was yeah, Darnell was the character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I this is gonna drive me crazy because from the second I heard his voice, uh, there's another actor uh, who, uh, to me, sounds exactly the same uh like his voice and uh there was you know i was i was like wait is that is that and like is that who i think it is and and it wasn't and then i was like no that's totally not him but if i was in the other room i'd be like oh it's totally that other actor the thing is is like i can't think of the name of the other actor or where i know him from but that has been racking my brain but this was this was you know silly silly you know stupid fun you know like this is the kind of this is the kind of thing where, you know, it, in the time that I that it came out, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But I still enjoyed watching it because, like I said, uh, this is one that I did not know, was not aware of, uh, had never had never heard of before. His right. voice kind of reminded me of uh, of Miguel Nunez. You know what I mean? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Part five. Demon. Yeah. yeah. Demon. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that, that's awesome. Yeah, it does sound very similar. But, uh, Monkey, what did you think about Doom Asylum? Ah, well, King, it's like, he, again, it's like, you know, you say you're trying to make a revenge pick in this and that, but, you know, we all know you're a big saucy, and the truth is you probably just wanted to watch The Crimes of Stephen Hawk because we saw about fucking 45 minutes of that movie when we were supposed to be seeing an hour and 18 minutes of Doom Asylum. It's like I, I wasn't sure which movie we were supposed to be watching because they kept showing so much of this other movie in the background. Ah, but, yeah, this movie is like <laughs> was just pure cheese. Like, you know, it's like when you take away this other movie that was going on, there was only like really 45 minutes of actual movie <laughs> to this movie, so I don't know what they would have done if they didn't have the, <laughs> this old-ass movie from 1936 constantly running on in the background. I was laughing my ass off the enti- entire time at all the horrible fucking graffiti that was going on in the background. Uh, you know, <laughs> just all of it. You know, Mopar, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and the fact that when you sit there and look up shit on the IMDb page, they have nothing to really talk about this movie, but they do talk about the graffiti in the background and explain what the bands are in case you didn't know what the fucking bands are in, you know, if you didn't know who Metallica was or Led Zeppelin or Ozzy Osbourne, you know, they tell you who these bands are when they were formed and shit because this movie has nothing to talk about. Ah, but, um, yeah. Bono's in that movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's just, I'm glad this movie at least had a score, you know, going on in it. Like, uh, just because we've seen so many of these kind of movies where they make that fatal flaw of making a cheesy movie and then it's just dead space in the background and it's just fucking murder at least you know they were smart enough to do that and hey we get to see you know ruth collins show her boobs so <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> she got a hundred dollars a day for that 
But you know, I, I wish we had seen. I wish we had seen more cheekiness in this movie, just because of the cheesiness that was going on. I I really wish they had gone that direction more. But you know, hey, it is what it is. You know, but you know, cheesy eighties straight to VHS shot on VHS movie. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's it's one of those movies like the the uh, the ghoul had said like where it easily could be a trauma movie. Um, it's definitely a movie where you feel like somebody just could have picked up a video camera one day and said, "I'm gonna make a motherfucking movie." That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get a bunch of people together. <laughs> we're gonna go to the abandoned asylum, and we'll just write the script as we go. Like, do we have special effects? Yeah, that guy could do it. So let's fucking just kill some people in an asylum. It's not gonna make any fucking sense. Uh, but we don't have enough of a script for, like, a whole movie. That's all right. We'll just pad it out with public domain movies. Like, we fucking got <laughs> this, guys. Like, it's going to be fucking awesome. And that's why, yes, it's, it's you know, some full scenes are public domain movies because they're padding time. I'll be back. they got to get that hour and Sure. So they got to get that hour and 17-minute mark. But um, So the movie opens with a couple of driving and celebrating with champagne. The man is Mitch Hansen, a lawyer, and he just won his sexy client, Judy, $5 million in a lawsuit against her ex-husband. Now they're off to run off together and spend all the money. Unfortunately, the good time is cut short when the lawyer takes his eyes off the road. Full-on takes his eyes off the road, mind you, to make God Judy. damn. <laughs> Not even looking <laughs> at the road. <laughs> no. No. And, of course, this leads to a tragic car accident where Judy dies, also loses her hand. Uh, while we presume that Mitch dies as well. Um, and oh, it's well, just We don't have to hear that uh, cover of uh, the animals anymore, at least for another five minutes. But anyway, uh, we cut to an <laughs> autopsy room located in a mental asylum where coroner Corey Hart and his assistant Marvin Sorry, are preparing man. to do the autopsy of the lawyer. Welcome back. So, of course, the fucking uh, coroner has to do the higher thing wearing sunglasses and also eating a sandwich. I was like, this guy's nailing every fucking aspect of funny fucking coroner in this movie. He's eating a sandwich over the body, telling his assistant to fucking relax. Um, he eventually cuts into Mitch, but eventually Mitch wakes up, and he ends up killing both Marvin and the coroner. So we have our first two victims, and it's, it's just stabbing, so it's nothing too great yet. We're, we're saving the good stuff for later. Um, I love later. how. I sorry, real quick in here. Go ahead, I love yeah, how the blood is the blood is already all over the walls before <laughs> they've even like you know done any of the attacks yet. You know they were like, oh fuck, yeah. <laughs> it's already there, and like I said before, I love the fact that this mental asylum has an autopsy room, and that's where the bodies were taken for some reason. They weren't taken to a hospital; they were taken to a mental asylum. For, uh, I mean, that makes time. sense. It does. It's 87. Anything makes sense. There's a lot of cocaine and a lot of yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where I'd want my body to be taken after I die in a horrific car accident. Take it to the mental asylum, please. To the autopsy room. And make sure Quincy is there to do the autopsy. You know, but uh, we'll see what happens. And, he's got, some, die and he's got some hot chicks in bikinis where he can tug on. <laughs> be the best fucking, you know, asylum ever. But uh, we cut to 10 years later. And we arrive at that same abandoned mental hospital where Mitch was taken to for a surprised autopsy. And we meet Darnell because of his chain, clearly, Jane, Dennis, Kiki, and Mike. They're heading to the asylum for a picnic because that's where you want to go. 
And, of course, Kiki is also played by Patty Mullen, who played Judy earlier in the film. And she just notices that this is where my mom died, and I'm just kind of bummed out. (laughs) I wonder who her mom could be. It's probably Judy. Um, So, anyway, Mike consoles Kiki as they arrive, and somehow Kiki finds a big-ass handheld mirror in the grass that belonged to her mom, convenience, and also a Chekhov's gun moment because that mirror may or may not come back by the end of this movie. So Dennis offers to be her surrogate mom, and Kiki even wants to call him mom. Sure, why not, babe? All right, mom. Mm -hmm. Get ready for that. It's fucking hilarious. It's like the only time I actually got a belly laugh out of this movie when she's like, all right, mom. And he's like, all right. Like, there's no problem being called mom because he offered. Um, So meanwhile, the asylum... (laughs) But... And plus, we're going to find out how fucking indecisive Mike is every five seconds. Should I or shouldn't I? Maybe I, no, maybe, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just, he, he is the worst, but also the best at the same time, <laughs> if you can imagine that. Um, but meanwhile, at the asylum, a punk band is using the grounds as a place to practice. And I use punk band very fucking lightly because they're really not. Uh, Tina just likes to be awful in the worst way possible which is I'm going to scream into a microphone while my friend pretends to play drums and my other friend pretends to play the keyboard because that's what it is. It's just a lot of fucking screaming um, and over music so that's not being played. <laughs> and Darnell, of course, when he walks up, he knows who that is. That's Tina and the time. I was like, there is only one time and that's Morris day in the time. Tina has no say over the time, but you know, unfortunately, it's this not movie Tina is, in the time. Hmm. I'm the <laughs> yeah, motherfucking time. Time. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. No, they're not doing Jungle Love in this movie because it's not the real fucking time. So Darnell says they play in the local sewers, so Darnell offers to take care of that noise real quick, sneaks into the building where the band's having practice, and then immediately unplugs one plug, and all their equipment is ceasing to exist. It's 87. One plug takes care of fucking everything. You don't need any more than one. Just unplugs all the lights, all the sound equipment, everything is, is done. So the group then head off for their picnic while Tina and her bandmates watch them. Apparently, Godiva the drummer has a real thing for Darnell because we get to see not one but two uh, dream sequences where Darnell and Godiva run at each other with open arms until they, they embrace and because it's, it's love. <laughs> so great. The slow motion, this running, it just it, it got a laugh out of me. But then Tina shows up on the rooftop and then taunts the group while Darnell taunts her right back. But, you know, Dennis doesn't want any trouble. Dennis just wants to play with his fucking baseball cards and go on this picnic. But we have to cut to the basement of the asylum where Mitch is taking a walk while Kiki decides to strip down to her bikini and get some sun. Thank God, Patty Mullen, because you're just so great. 87 Patty Mullen. Um, but then we have to cut to Rapunzel, the group's Yeah, but I was also digging on Christian Davis, man. I thought she was super cute. You thought so? Yeah, she definitely has the cute factor, but she doesn't have, like, the, the hot factor. Like, you know, Patty Mullen's the hot one. She's the cute one. Like, you have a chance with Kristen okay. Davis, maybe not with uh, Kiki. Yeah, but we. But I've brought this up before, and it's just, like, you know, it's something uh, about those cuts of the 80s swimsuits where they just go super high on the, you know, the thighs and stuff like that. It's just... It's, you know, it, like, because, I, again, like, you know, Jamie Lee Cur- Curtis warm to, you know, b- back in the day and all that kind of stuff, you know, it was that really, really, like, you know, s- super tight cut where, you know, everyone was wearing their leotards underneath them and shit like that. It's just, I don't know. I just, 
really, really like that kind of bathing suit in the 80s. <laughs> well, she's also wearing, like, a WWE person. She's wearing leggings. Um, yeah. That you can, there's scenes that you'll be able to see those, but uh, I'm with you, man. Like you know, like I, I have to say, this is probably the only time I've ever seen Patty Mullins and thought, wow, like she actually is cute. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've met her. Uh, obviously, she's older now. Um, oh yeah. But you know what? Even during the Sex and the City days, like Kristen Davis was the one out of those four that I found attractive. So seeing her so young here. Like, yeah, totally like, you know, my type of girl. She actually reminds me of somebody that, that we knew in high school. Um, you know, I don't know if the dean thought the same thing as I did. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so, so yeah, I definitely, without a doubt, I was like, ooh, this, this, this is cute. This is, what, this is what I'm looking for. I'm here for this. Definitely <laughs> a cute factor. I mean, I, I definitely had a thing for Rapunzel just because Rapunzel doesn't know if she's French or American. And she keeps going back and forth between various different accents, trying to find out which one works. So I was like, oh, this poor actress. She's trying she's to the one that me of Bono. <laughs> I don't know. She had that cool hair. That's a chick that I probably would have went after in high school because she just had the cool hair and sunglasses. And he's like, you fuck the government. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I just want to see your tits. You know, but, you know, that was me in high school. But, uh, Show me your titties. So she probably would have if I just said fuck the government enough. A lot of chicks were like that. But anyway. Uh, so Kiki decides to strip down to her two-piece while, of course, Jane strips down to the one-piece, and they're just going to get some sun. But that's when we see Rapunzel, Tina, and Godiva on the rooftop where Rapunzel fills up condoms with hot water. And then we also see that Mitch has found the group of friends and even has an article about Judy that he keeps with him because he just loves her so much. Tina begins to throw the condoms at the group who begin to panic, especially Dennis, when his baseball cards get all wet. And he's just really upset because, you know, they just, they, they could be worth a lot of money. And they're not protected by anything, and now they're all wet. Uh, Tina laughs at the group and tells them all to fuck off before flashing her tits for good measure. I just would have started clapping. I wasn't even mad. I was like, you know what? That's, that's cool. Thank you. Shows that, <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you do it again? And really fucking hate it this time. Really just be like, ah, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you hate me some more. Oh, you marvelous <laughs> yeah. bitch, you. <laughs> God, stop hating. You just hate us more if you can show us your tits. Melody. Throw us condoms. Means that you practice safe sex, too? All right. You know, but yeah. They, uh, so Mike so immediately wants to get payback. She did. <laughs> she paid up here $100 a day with Collins. $100 a day just to show them. But um, Mike wants to get payback, but Darnell offers to go because, in his words, he's single. He has no hopes, he has no dreams, and that drummer is hot. I was like, i got to remember that line. I'm single, I have no hopes and dreams. I was like, right on, Darnell. <laughs> He's got the right idea. Um, Mike picks up one of the condoms that's found laying on the ground and hoping for sex from Kiki. She just says, but Mom, that's incest, and runs away. <laughs> it's, that's terrible. But it's also one of the funniest lines in the movie, just because I was like, she is sticking with this mom line. Um, and throughout the entire movie, it never stops. But anyway, uh, Darnell goes off and wants to show Godiva the meaning of God. So he's walking through, and he's trying to talk his game, and he's trying to find out where Godiva is. But instead, he runs at the Mitch, who puts Darnell into a clamp for holding corpses by the skull, placing it around Darnell's, hell, uh, Darnell's head and killing him, because Mitch hates hip-hop. Uh, Mitch also has a fucking one-liner for every death in this movie. 
Yeah. So it's it's fucking it's, really nice it's that he just not has even something good one liners. It's like, oh yeah. man, someone's trying to be Freddy Krueger. <laughs> hey, listen, Freddy got kind of weak miserably. towards the end with his one liners. <laughs> even Freddy had a fucking hard time at the end. I mean, <laughs> watch Freddy's Dead again and see if he has some good one liners. Nice hearing from you, Carlos. Oh, Freddy, your time's over. No, it was it was fun. <laughs> yeah, he struggled in Freddy's Dead. Um, but on the rooftop, Tina and Godiva play chess. Tina hates losing. Um, so Godiva wonders if Darnell is coming to find her, and she, of course, has another daydream about her and Darnell. But this time, they have simulated sex, where she just jumps up in her, his arms and just humps away. Because that's just what he does, because he's her chocolate man, as we find out later on in the movie. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. Mitch decides he's going to watch some public domain movies in the basement to pad out the running time of this movie before killing again. Rapunzel decides she's going to leave the rooftop to go spray paint some more, or really just to take a timely dump. So we don't know which one, but more than likely it's going to be spray painting, as we see in just a few minutes, because Mitch is washing his hands in a sink, and he's also using acid in the men's bathroom. He hears Rapunzel approaching outside and decides to hide in the stall. Once Rapunzel enters the bathroom and hearing a noise, she thinks that it might be Tina playing a trick on her. How is that possible? Tina's still on the roof. So in searching the stalls, she instead comes across Mitch, who pops out and begins to strangle her, lifting her up in the air, Michael Myers style, but instead decides to grab her by the back of the head, and suddenly she's a Republican. She's not anti-establishment, and she even voted for Reagan. But that is not enough, and she has her face dumped into the fucking sink with acid. <laughs> it's just one of the best, another one of those great lines. I'm, I'm not a Republican. I voted for Reagan. Yep, I'm still going to get that dunk, um, which completely fucking melts her face. Mitch agrees with her right to the First Amendment, but doesn't necessarily agree. But um, another fucking Mitch one-liner. <laughs> it so doesn't have to be bad. good. Yes. It just doesn't have to be good. It just has to have happen. Because just like the monkey had said, they probably watched a bunch of Nightmare on Elm Street movies and said, we could do this with our character. Just make them have a bunch of... Everybody's going to want another Mitch movie. Everybody's going to want to do him Asylum 2 or 3 or 4. But, um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know that there was a glimmer of hope in the producer's eyes that, like, it's 87, slashers are still kind of cool. You know, Michael Myers hasn't come back yet. You know, Freddy's still kind of bumming around. Jason's still bumming around. Let's get this fucking lawyer who was accidentally autopsied and came back and fucking killed people. He wears a fucking doctor's outfit. This is years before Dr. Giggles. I mean, this is yeah, clearly, but, you know. But then also, it's like, before, you know, when he goes to pick her up, you know, before he throws her in, it's like he picks her up and then you can see the end of his prosthetic covers because his yes, skin pulled back and <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they just, they didn't have time. <laughs> this wasn't the type of movie where they could just be like, all right, we'll cover it up in post. There's just no covering it up. But uh, meanwhile, outside, Mike is tired of waiting for Darnell and decides to go after him. Or should he? Kiki then tells Mom to be careful, and when no one else stops him from leaving the grounds, Mike heads out to look for Darnell. We then see Mitch walking through the basement once again of the asylum, holding a Bray Wyatt lantern, because he needs to get to bed, but he can't stop thinking about that damn fucking accident from years ago. Mike enters the asylum and searches around for Darnell, but he's having no luck as we somehow cut back to Mitch watching movies again, 
because fuck it, it's a movie, and we need to fucking see more public domain movies. We need to fill <laughs> Again, time. We need to fill time. They are padding it out. They're like, this movie is only 45 minutes. <laughs> we have to add more scenes of public domain movies. Um, so while Kiki and Jane talk outside, Dennis loses some of his baseball cards due to a light wind as Mitch reaches for a handy power drill. Dennis chases after his Wade Boggs card into one of the asylum buildings as Mike stumbles across a fake medical skeleton in one of the rooms. Dennis runs into Mitch, who sticks the power drill right between Dennis's eyes, killing him. We then cut to Mike, who's still searching for Darnell, while Mitch okay. lights some candles. Yep, good. Um, this kill I really, really liked, just because it was I really good. Fucking yeah. figure it out. It's like I watched the scene like five times trying to figure it out. And it's like, okay, they obviously put a patch, you know, on the forehead, but it's still mm-hmm. the, the drill bit. All it, like, you know, then I figured, like, researching, I found out, like, they used a spring-loaded drill bit, but even that mm-hmm. was still sh- sh- questionable because it was, like, makeshift as fuck, and it wasn't working right. And um, the dude actually, like, damn near almost got hurt for real because that drill bit wasn't working the way it was supposed to because when when it first goes in you actually see it start to catch wrong and stuff like that so they almost had a really really bad accident with trying to do that effect no, yeah, the eye it definitely, yeah it's just, just right between the eyes and it definitely looks real like it's one of those things where you definitely have to rewind it just be like how the fuck did you do that you know any movie <laughs> that can make you think that it's fucking it's it's right on but um so with Dennis dead, we cut to Mike, who's still searching for Darnell, while Mitch heads down to the basement where he has a shrine to his dead girlfriend, Judy. He even kept her hand that she lost in the accident, which he uses to caress himself with. So, you know, it, it's like the Jason Voorhees shrine in part two if he got freaky, because you know he did with that hand. You know he definitely fucking gave himself a fucking hand job numerous times with that hand. Like, it's just, he kept that. You know he, he kept did. it from the accident. That was in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, he did, he literally kept that, you know. But then he just, you know, he was just giving him generous fucking hand job with that. Like, there's no way that he wasn't. And I was kind of hoping that her head would be there too, but it's like, no, we don't have enough money in the budget for a Patty Mullen head, so we're just gonna have the hand. Let's just have the hand, and you know, that that's what he's yeah, interested in. Yeah, the prosthetics budget in this movie, and the person who's doing it, the castings and stuff. Those, oh, yeah, when we get to it. Yeah, it's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mike eventually reaches the rooftop and asks Tina where Darnell is. She cares more about her delicious chicken wings and Darnell, and but maybe Kiki would like to come up for some dessert. <laughs> Mike oh. calls her a bitch, and the two get into a goddamn fight. A glorious fight kind that of? has to be broken up because of a public domain movie. So... While they fight, we have to go back to the public domain movies because uh, it, it's fucking – it's too funny to watch Mike and Tina fight while Godiva is just daydreaming. Tina beats the fuck out of Mike and then punches him in the fucking dick before knocking him over the roof, which he grabs onto and, for dear life. And during the fight, it's like she keeps jumping up into his arms, and I keep waiting for yeah. him to fall back like you're supposed to when someone is doing that kind of – you know, choreographed fight. But, again, they couldn't figure this out, and he just kept, 
catching her and then running around with her, carrying her around. It's like that's not how. No, that's not how this works. But that's no, that's no. the fun of this. That was the thing. They knew yeah, what exactly. they were doing, and they knew that it was it was bad. I mean, the dude's fighting the chick. You know, so I mean, it's like super silly. Yeah, it's not like it's a, a realistic fucking movie action scene where they're really throwing punches and shit like that. Like, it's clearly just... It's definitely not really me and the King fucking... fight scene. Me and the King has the best no. scene imaginable that nobody's ever seen. That you know? fucking fight scene. I've seen <laughs> That's it. only like a I've select ten it. people scene. <laughs> you have, I know. I've seen You're one of the ten. Yeah, well, there's 11. There's still 11 people. There we go. See? We were the talk of the town that day. I still remember when they showed that little screening. They're like, wow, well, that was like a real fight scene. I'm like, well, thank you. <laughs> no previous experience just watching a lot of wrestling back in the day. Did you, did you guys <laughs> practice that? <laughs> no. Yeah. We just, no. We just watched a lot of WWE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he knows throw him into the bush. <laughs> throw him into the bush, <laughs> bush and just roll with the, the punch. Roll with the punch. <laughs> it, it, it was That's literally all it was. Like, it was like the fucking easiest fucking day we've ever had doing anything like that. And it's just fucking, everyone's like, oh my God, you guys. Like, oh, how long did you have to practice? Like, we practice? Fucking guy just pulled out his camera and was like, all right, so now you're going to be fighting. So throw Andy into the bush and start fucking hitting him. I'm like, all right. And I just fucking started it's weird when he wanted us to do the next. He wanted us to do it the next time without our pants on, but we we weren't going for that. No, he wasn't paying us enough to do it without the pants on. I was like, and, no shirt, he fine, wanted but to, no pants. He wanted to do it in the back of his I joke, shop I too, joke, is that right? I joke. The director in question did not ask us to do anything <laughs> that made us uncomfortable. No, Chris is a wonderful guy. <clears throat> no, he he was great. Uh, but yeah, no, it was in the back of a bicycle shop. How'd you know, monkey? <laughs> he filmed that whole thing in the back of a bicycle shop. And Dudley was there. He was drinking wine. And he was talking about pictures. He was, he was, he was, he was like, like, hey, you want a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, come on, it was the 80s. Everybody smoked. But anyway, um, so <clears throat> after Mike gets a nice fucking hit to the fucking sack and falls off the roof, he grabs onto the roof ledge and just hangs on while Tina laughs at him. Godiva's decided that she's kind of done with this whole thing, and she's going to find Darnell, who's the fucking love of her life, uh, after seeing him walk around with that. I mean, the guy had a fucking gold chain with his name on it. He's got money. He's got style. He's got class. Likes hip-hop. Well, what's, like, you know, also, what's also funny is he's also clearly flamboyantly gay. You know, so <laughs> the fact that, like, like that's going on, and he's, he's talking like he's hetero, and she's all goo-goo-gaga for him, and I'm like, man... You ain't got what he wants. <laughs> no, no. He was he was after Dennis the whole time. That's what we didn't find out. <laughs> that the alternate version is him and Dennis is having fucking wild sex on top of a whole pile of uh, baseball cards. <laughs> they cut that scene out the top. No, no, he was always something. respectful to the baseball cards. The baseball cards were always put away first. <laughs> No, because he just always fucking had him out. Like, he didn't have him in a book or anything like that. He just had him fucking all laying out in the pile. <laughs> just talk about Wade Boggs. Did, yeah, didn't even have him in a binder. Fucking no. savage. <laughs> fucking fiend, and he was. I know. Fucking savage. And then he's upset that his fucking Wade Boggs car got taken away by the wind. But, you know, no. Uh, he deserved that fucking drill to the forehead. Um so Jane then talks to Kiki as Kiki notices Mike hanging off the roof with Tina laughing at him. No problem. Mom's not going to fall. 
And that's when Kiki and Jane decide to see what Mom is up to while Mitch plots on how he's going to kill more people. Jane decides she wants to go off by herself, but Kiki, of course, is fucking terrified and chases after her. And I just love the fact that she's got these fucking red fucking high heels on, and they just that clack, 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 as she runs everywhere. Just fucking love it. I was like, oh, it's so great that this movie is 87. So much clack. <laughs> you would not so get that clack. nowadays, but but just those big old, you know, red heels clacking everywhere. Um, Godiva goes looking for her single chocolate boy. Doesn't seem to find him anywhere, as Mike is still clinging onto the roof. Godiva does, however, find the melted head of Rapunzel, as Mike suddenly decides he's not going to hang off the roof anymore and runs off to find out who's screaming. It was Godiva. Fucking, I just, again, I fucking laughed out loud when that fucking happened. When he's like, oh, God, I'm going to fucking, what? Screaming? Jumps right over fucking Tina and just runs into the fucking asylum because he thinks that Kiki is in trouble. Uh, instead, we see Mitch has wrapped a stethoscope around Godiva's neck, and she just thinks this is Darnell being fucking kinky. She's like, well, I thought we could get to know each other first, but I guess you're really committed to the act. Uh, no, it's, it's, you're, you're, no, <laughs> Mitch killing you. Um, so as Mike goes looking for Kiki and Jane, with Tina chasing after them, Mitch uh, is checking on Godiva's heartbeat, which she's in luck, she's dead. So he is gone, and we have the head floating around, which, again, I thought was a cool effect, the fucking melted head. I mean, it's a cheap effect, but why not? I'm a sucker for gore. So Mike finally finds Kiki and Jane as they realize that Darnell and Dennis are missing. Tina searches for her bandmates as Mike, Jane, and Kiki try to make their way through the asylum. And that's when Jane decides to go find Tina and her bandmates and hopes that they'll know where Dennis and Darnell are. Mike tells her she's not back in five minutes. He's coming, too. But she tells him that she'll be right back. I love the fact that they throw in that be line. Right like, back. don't you know in horror movies, you're never supposed to go away? <laughs> you know? I was like, yeah, I don't know. But five minutes, though. Um, so Jane runs into Tina, who tells Jane that her bandmates are missing as well. Jane leaves Tina behind and runs into Mitch, who has a bone saw, because bone saw is ready. Bone saw ready. <laughs> yeah. So... She pleads with him, of course, but I, again, fucking hilarious. If you don't think it's funny, I don't. You're not a, like a fucking horror comedy guy, but just the fact that she sat down in that chair. Oh, let me get a free session of uh, mental psychology. Let me just talk to you for a second. Oh my god, what are you doing with that bone saw? Yeah, he's putting it right to your fucking face and just buries it in her face. And you see her jaw. And then all of a sudden, back. it's a bad cut. Instant cut to a fucking very very bad face cast that just. Shatters, doesn't cut, it doesn't do anything. It looks like it's, yeah, it's like, it looks like it's actually like made out of like wall plaster or something. The way it just <laughs> shatters into a million pieces. Like Charlotte, no. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they tried. I mean, I give them props for trying. Like, at least they tried to do like a cool head cast, you know, so that they could make the effect work, but this is, no. The cut that they used, you know, just when you see it stop halfway through the skull, it's like, no, no. But, you know, they tried, so I give him credit. But uh, Tina enters the room but manages to not get killed as Mike shows up who sees Jane's dead body and blames her for it. She tells him that there's a guy in a lab coat, but Mike isn't buying it. He hears Kiki screaming and runs off to find her. And luckily, she found Darnell, but Where is he? he's dead. <laughs> he doesn't know. Yeah. No. He, he doesn't know what anything is. He just doesn't know where he is or why he wants to do what he does. Mike just doesn't know anything except that he's mom. Uh, and, of course, as I said, uh, Darnell, very much dead. Somebody take that chain and bury him with it. 
you know. Darnell would have wanted it this way. It's being buried outside of an asylum with his fucking chain hanging off a cross. That's what you need ash for from Evil Dead. He could put a nice cross together and bury all your friends outside. Like, you know. He's he's on a bell, but he's doing Evil Dead. It's cool. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so, um, after finding Darnell dead in the bathtub, she demands to know where Jane is and starts demanding for Mike answers. But he tells her that there's a psychopath around, but she's like, what's a psychopath? And I was like, oh, God. I fucking love it. You know, they should have had him say fucking something dumb, like, well, that's a path a psycho takes or something. But, no, they chose to just ignore the fact that she doesn't know what a psycho is. Um, So after a brief cut of yet another public domain movie, we find Tina still wandering around as Mitch sleeps, dreaming about the movie that he just watched, and also dreams about waking up in the autopsy room. When he finally wakes up from his slumber, he grabs a bottle of what I think is anesthetic. I don't know if you guys caught it. I just thought it was like a bottle of like ether or anesthetic that he plans on using. Um, and we see him use it to great effect. Yeah. So Tina walks around shouting for her bandmates, and she finds Rapunzel's head in the bathroom and Godiva also in the bathtub because Mitch has the things for putting people in bathtubs. We don't know really why. They never really go back to it, but he just finds these bathtubs and puts bodies into them with water. Because um, you got to fill so them full of ice so you can get the organs later, man. It's all on the black market. <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, that might have been a thing in Jersey at the time. I don't know. Um, but, uh, of course, it's a Jersey thing. Thing. I wouldn't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have a fucking exit. Huh? You never went to a fucking full booth in your goddamn life. You know, you never had to go over to the dress school to get a goddamn slice. Don't even know where the fucking exit for the shore is. Oh, my own. This fucking guy over here. Fucking cojones on him, man. Exit zero, motherfucker. Exit zero like a motherfucker. Yep, yep. <laughs> Jersey Shore all the way. Um, exit seven if you're going to visit me. But anyway, so meanwhile, Mike and Kiki pray for their dead friends in a chapel and also Dennis, their missing friend. Mitch is also roaming the ground looking for them. And he finds Mike and Kiki in a chapel where Metallica is God. Because Metallica is spray-painted right over the altar. Like, right up there awesome. on the wall. <laughs> you know, Metallica getting some love. Ozzy got some love. Like the monkey was talking about all the graffiti and explaining the bands and why they're fucking graffitied around. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, because I especially, I especially love the one graffiti at the beginning of the movie where they're trying to make it look all scary and shit like that. It's like, six, six, six. And then they show Satan. S A C E N. No. Oh yeah, no, they do. Well, I mean, that's just that was a real thing, though, especially during the Satanic Panic when they would have these special reports where it was Hail Satan, but it was S A T I N, and they're like, "Oh, check that out!" Like, what? It's Satan. Yeah, yes. that fucking John Hurt yes, movie. Stay tuned. Bia's a Bia's is all about the lace. <laughs> Hail Satan. <laughs> yes, please. New sinners. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it reminds me of that fucking John Ritter movie, Stay Tuned, where fucking Hail uh, Satan was the fucking clue. <laughs> fucking Hail Satan. Oh, John Ritter adventure. in that movie. I like that movie. I saw that in the theater. It's such a good movie. Jeffrey Jones and fucking John, John Ritter. John Ritter? John Ritter was in that, right? John Ritter, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one where he was sensing. <laughs> yeah, and he had the fucking big-ass remote control, and him and his wife go to hell, and they have to figure out a way to get out. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. phenomenal And hell is a whole bunch of fucking television stations. 
It's like basically <laughs> cable television. Mm-hmm. They even have like a Wayne's World like channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor John Ritter is fucking in a straitjacket. Oh, it's, it's great. But um, Mitch, meanwhile, has filled up the syringe with this anesthetic, while Tina is yet again still wandering around. This time, finding her dead friends. Uh, after finding her dead friends, she's now armed herself with a metal pole. As Kiki and Mike also continue to wander through the asylum, Mitch finds the couple and jams a needle into Mike's neck. He then takes Kiki and ties her hands up and lays her on an upright hospital bed. And the horny Andy and me is saying yes to all of this uh, because uh-huh. I was not having mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you. I, I was not. I was thanking him throughout this movie for that. Um, he decides to leave the room. Why would you? But he does because he has to finish up the public domain version of Sweeney Todd. He's like, oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, what he left? Still on. Yeah. What he left? I was like, what are you a <laughs> fucking Bond villain? <laughs> <laughs> You want the TV on downstairs. You've got to turn it off. He's like, oh, shit, i got to watch the rest of Sweeney Todd. i got to see how this turns out. So he's going to stop and do that for a while. Meanwhile, we see Mike is on the ground struggling, crawling around on his stomach. Mitch all of a sudden appears laughing at him and picks him up and brings him to the room where he's keeping Kiki. He lays Mike down on an embalming table, used to drain them of all their blood, as Mike realizes who Mitch is. He's a psychopath. He's a crazy guy. So Mitch decides to take this time to take off Mike's loafers, and, of course, he's not wearing socks. So, of course, he wouldn't. It's 87. Those yuppies didn't wear socks with their penny loafers. Um, and we also have to see that Tina is still looking for the killer. <laughs> She's still, killer, where are you? I have a metal pole now. Like, you know, not, not finding anybody. Um, so Mitch then decides to grab a pair of uh, cutters, uh, tin cutters, and cuts one of all of Mike's toes off, just one at a time. A really snip, bad prosthetic. Snip, snip. But it still made me cringe. I, I can't lie. <laughs> just, I don't know. Just, just the, the whole – it's a really bad effect, especially when they cut to after he got all his toes cut off, and you clearly see that his toes are all connected, but then they have to cut back and they're gone. It's like, fuck. I was, I was laughing, though, because, because the prop was working. The, the tin snips were wrong. The prop was wrong, and he couldn't cut the first toe. He kept trying to cut and cut and cut, and he couldn't cut through the fake toe. Again, I didn't mind it so much. Like it just, again, I just thought it was a good cringeworthy moment because I also like, am fucking deeply disturbed when they do toe shit in fucking horror movies more than eyes. Just because you need fucking toes, man. Like, you need them to walk. And without them, what are you going to do? But um, uh, So after his toes are cut off, he passes out. And that's when Tina arrives to start a fight with Mitch, who grabs a fire axe in the two-do battle. But instead, Tina just beats the fuck out of him with his metal pole. It's just fucking phenomenal. But Tina just beats the fuck out of every man she finds. And then she decides she's going to have to go and free Kiki. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm freeing a blonde girl. How they didn't make out. Uh, I was waiting for that, but they didn't really make out moment. <laughs> so Tina frees Kiki, but Tina also accidentally backs into the lever for a processor. Falling backwards, the machine carries her through while Kiki kind of tries to save her, trying to figure out exactly how to, to work the, the lever, how to stop her from going through this processor. Uh, we do see Tina again, but the next time we see her, she's essentially a big-ass meat cube with a high heel and a hand sticking out of the top. <laughs> Just for a tiny, <laughs> and a tiny tuft of blonde hair. <laughs> so you know that it's that Tina. Um, so she got the Mitch manages to get there. 
The what? She got the Christine process. <laughs> the Christine process. Yeah, I just because I have no idea what the fuck it was there for, but I just love the fact that when she comes out the other side, she's just a cube of fucking meat with fucking hair and fucking heels and a hand. Um, and just the the fact that she wasn't tied down to anything. It just uh, like she wasn't like she could have rolled over at any point. Like it stopped herself, but no, she had to go through it. Um, Mitch uh, also manages to get back to his feet and begins to go after Kiki. He's just looking for love in all the wrong places because he mistakenly thinks that Kiki is Judy. Um, And he runs after her, claiming that he killed all of them for her. And Kiki desperately tries to tell Mitch that she is not Judy. But eventually she goes, all right, whatever, I'm Judy. And he's like, all right, baby, get ready for the caressing of your fucking life. And she begins caressing her her face. But then she (laughs) knees him right in the fucking sack and runs off as, Judy! But I was like, you know, dude's balls do not fucking go well in this fucking movie. <laughs> it's just a lot of fucking ball trauma, you know, in, uh, in Doom Asylum. But uh, Mitch tries to go after her but falls to his knees and starts fucking crying and sobbing. Kiki sees this and walks over to him as she takes the newspaper that he had from earlier and realizes that Judy is her mom. And she realizes that he did all this for her. And then he really loved Judy. But wait. You were going to ship me off to a boarding school. And you were just going to leave me there while you ran off with my mom. He's like, well, yeah, we were going to run away together. And she's like, I don't think I like that very much. And she uses that hand mirror from earlier to stab Mitch in the eye. And he was going to send me to boarding school. <laughs> I don't think I like that very much. <laughs> Common trope um, just, in movies of the 80s. Yeah, it's just that fucking act, just that Jersey accent. Patty Mullins just never lost, like, and even in Frankenhooker. Yeah, just, you know. I never had a chance to meet Patty Mullins. I was friends with her on Facebook until she went insane. Uh, and then she deleted me. So, I don't know. It just She went through a hard time at one point. Um, but this is enough to kill Mitch, apparently. Um, Kiki has a real problem with that. But with Mitch dead, uh, Kiki decides that she's just going to, you know, walk away. You know, just walk away from this whole problem and just head on down the road uh, as we cut back to the public domain movie that we've been watching the entire time. As that also reaches its end, you know, Mike's not dead, Kiki. Mom isn't dead. He just had his toes cut off. He he lives. Like, he, he can live through that. But, no, we we never see what happens to Mike. She just decides she's better off being single and ready to mingle with the boys of the Jersey Shore where she sits pumped mm-hmm. for the rest of her life. <laughs> Nor does she go to the car and drive away. Oops, oops, the, oops, car, the car that's perfectly fine. <laughs> how do you, she didn't know how to. She didn't know what a psychopath was. You really think she knows how to drive? I wouldn't trust her on the wheel. I would just, no, she's a passenger. She is forever a passenger. Either that or she has a bus pass. But one or the other. It's not both. Well, I mean, it, it's it's some. I don't want to say all. I mean, Tina, I'm sure has like a driver's license. I mean, she fucking beats the shit out of guys for a living. You know, she definitely has one. And you know that Rapunzel did because she's a Republican and voted for Reagan. So you know that she definitely had not only a voter's card, but a driver's license. Rapunzel. And secretly rich parents that she didn't tell her friends about. <laughs> oh, you know that she's got fucking loaded parents. You know. <laughs> you know. They live in that big-ass house with the semicircular driveway. <laughs> Three-car garage. They, 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 they live in the next, air quotes, 
town in Jersey, you know, where it's all of a sudden all the nice houses and shit. <laughs> that's literally only Yo, three blocks man. away <laughs> because that's how towns work in Jersey sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so with that being said, that was 1987's Doom Asylum. Uh, next week, Monkey, I believe uh, we have your film pick of the week coming up. What are we talking about next week? We do, and... Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, the universe has spoken to me, King, and, you know, it's like things that you've tagged me in have spoken to me, and, you know, because Thanksgiving's coming up and stuff like that, and you got to sometimes deal with those awkward family members, and the, and also we have the holidays coming up, and you can't have the holidays without Macaulay Culkin. So we're going to actually cover The Good Son. Hey. 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 We're doing it. The Hobbit movie. <laughs> oh, man. What a Thanksgiving gift from the monkey. We're going to be talking about The Good Son. Oh, man, this is going to fucking be awesome. Wow, what a, a pre-Thanksgiving movie. Um, Dean, are you going to be with us next week? Because I know you usually do the big uh, the big cooking on uh, Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, though, that, that is true. Uh, I actually am not going to be here for the next two because uh, next okay. week I will be fully involved in all of that cooking stuff. And um, that might change my pick then. Shit. Okay. And Uh-oh. yeah, and then and then the week the week after that, I have my my annual uh, trip where I take uh, my middle schoolers to Yosemite. So I'll be gone that week. No, oh, no. that's all right. We we will we will move on without you, and then uh, you'll be back for your film pick of the week. So after so we'll discuss that. But uh, yeah. you know, with that being said, real quick, since we do have a little bit of time, and we already know what the monkey is going to be picking for next week. Uh, since you're not going to be here next week, Dean, I was going to save the, the, the what am I thankful for segment for next week. But uh, honestly, I just want to say before you, you go and do your whole thing next week, uh, I'm thankful for you, Dean, uh, not just for being a part of the show, but also being very supportive uh, of me because, as you guys know, uh, not that long ago, I had to go to the hospital for a leg infection, which turned into a diagnosis of diabetes. Uh, that I have been uh, dealing with. And uh, since then, I've lost 42 pounds, and I'm completely oh, off shit. beer, cigarettes, good, uh, sugar, processed food. I'm eating a lot more healthier, and I, I'm feeling better because of it. But uh, I just want to thank uh, you, Dean. I want to thank you, Ghoul, and Monkey especially, uh, you both, uh, for being there uh, when I needed you, you know, and, and even the Ghoul bringing me a, a vial of Crystal Lake water. Uh, which I still have proudly presented a in my living crystal room. Crystal meth. Uh, well, that would have been even better, but no, he brought me Crystal Lake water, which is, is cool and all of itself. Take a little sip out of it, you know, when I'm feeling kind of low. Oh, <laughs> I, I hope you're not. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Uh, I, I I don't sip out of it. I just I know it, it stays where it is. But I just. Uh, but I took you know, that. I took and, that directly from the lake myself, and they they were pretty adamant about not drinking it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like probably what you don't want to do. No, it's, it's, it's you know what? I, but you yeah. don't want to do that. No, no that's I, I've got mine too, and in both of them, I you know I made sure to get like some of the like the dirt and the the rocks and stuff like that. I am very surprised that there were no living organisms in the in the in the jars. 
No, there's nothing. No, it's just it's just reg- it just looks like regular water with the you know, the soil. No, no sea it. monkeys. No, <laughs> no sea monkeys. No, are no, no in little there. monkeys so, in there. No, no little monkeys in there just yet. Until he comes in it the next time he sees me, and I'm like, why are there a bunch of monkeys in my my like water? Did you jerk off in this thing? I, I, I know nothing. Not. <laughs> Stop jerking off in my Crystal Lake water, man. I don't want to take care of these monkeys. Can't help it. Shut up, man. You so, like it. You, you, we all know you how much you like the boneless children. I do love them. I do love boneless ghost children <laughs> that I expel. Um, <laughs> wow. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way now because I know, Dean, you're not going to be here for the next two weeks. So, again, nope. uh, I'm thankful for all of you guys, and I'm thankful for all your support and all your, your kind words and, and, you know, keeping me here for a couple more years. Uh, you know, I'm going to be sticking around. So you guys are going to have to put up with me. So thank you guys for that. Um, all right. With that being said, Dean, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Yes, uh, here it is, wrapping up my final appearance until post-Thanksgiving, so a happy uh, Thanksgiving uh, for everybody. Uh, I hope everyone gets the opportunity to see uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, the time has come, so hopefully upon my return, uh, we'll have an opportunity to, to uh, talk about that uh, if everybody gets a chance to see it. But happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and I'll talk to you all soon. I didn't know what you were talking about at first. I'm like, what the fuck's he talking about? See, Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also noticed that he like paused because I've been pausing too for some reason when I say Thanksgiving because I want to say Thanksgiving, and I, I'm like, I'm gonna go see Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, gobble, gobble, Thanksgiving. I know, but uh, I plan on seeing it Saturday. My Thanksgiving. Uh, See, I did it again. Goddamn, my Thanksgiving hoodie uh, it should be arriving from Fright Rags tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to having it when I go, because I'm going to be that guy at the movie theater that wears the Thanksgiving fucking hoodie to see the movie. So, yeah, I will be that guy. But anyway, uh, thank you so much, Dean. We'll see you back here in that two guy. weeks when you return. Monthly, thank correct. you so much for joining us tonight for Doom Asylum, and we'll see you back here next week for your pick of The Good Son. Fuck McGoey Gold. Yep. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. All right. And Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign off? And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just, uh, just, Ooh. just they're scared, everybody. Ooh. They're scared. And <laughs> gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble, indeed. <laughs> All right, and as for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, NGG. Thank you so much for listening to this show and this episode of Doom Asylum. Of course, we'll see you back here next week for our pre-Thanksgiving film pick of the week by The Mad Monkey, which is The Good Son, starring a very young Chloe Culkin and Elijah Wood. So be thankful for that next week. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies, folks. <laughs>